Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Ontario and Quebec plan gradual reopenings. We're seeing increasingly positive trends in key public health indicators. As a result, we're now in a position to look at a slow and measured reopening of the province and working in lockstep with our public health officials we have created a plan to safely reopen in the coming weeks. Tougher restrictions are coming in Manitoba. We have hundreds of people in the hospital that are struggling for their lives. Um, there's thousands of healthcare providers that are struggling to provide care for them. Uh, so we need to stay at home as much as possible right now. We need to reduce the amount of contacts we have outside of our household. And the federal transport minister says it's too soon to know when travel restrictions could be lifted. I think Canadians would forgive me if I'm uh, I'm not able to commit to that date uh, because as we've seen uh, from COVID, um, things change very quickly. It's Friday, May the 21st. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by CBC at issue panelist Althea Raj. Althea, thank you for being with us today. Well, Mark, thank you for having me. Good morning. So let's talk about where we stand across Canada, because there are provinces that are seeing an increase in infections and having to clamp down because of that. And yet at the same time, the Quebec government and now the Ontario government have started talking about gradual reopenings, allowing certain activities to happen and kind of a roadmap for where we go from here. So let's start with the places where things are at least for now, headed in the right direction. Is that cause for optimism, especially given that there's vaccination going on at a high rate in those places? Yeah, I think the vaccination rates across the country are a cause for great optimism. And at least you get the sense that the premiers, and not just the premiers, but the provincial health officers as well uh, feel that. And not just in Ontario and in Quebec, but also um, we heard from Newfoundland uh, and Labrador this week, Um not such great news from Nova Scotia, unfortunately. But basically, since Saskatchewan came out um, a few weeks ago with its reopening plan, I think there's been pressure on a lot of the provinces to come out with their own plan. There is obviously um, the public, or at least the public health officers are telling us, that the public is demanding to know when this lockdown is going to end. People want to see light at the end of the tunnel. In many cases, um, the public health officers and the premiers actually still want... Um, the public to continue to engage in uh, public health guidelines. And so in order to ensure people's buy-in, they're trying to explain to them that they only need to hang in for a little while longer and then things are going to get better. And I think the lessons that so many premiers, including specifically here, the Premier of Ontario has learned um, over the last uh, couple of months is that doing more is better than doing less and people will be a lot more forgiving uh, when even if you know there's uh, personal constraints on their own freedoms, um, then if they feel like the measures make no sense, or, uh, or if uh, you know advice, medical advice is not being heeded. Yeah. So um, I think that that is in part what we saw uh, on Thursday when Ontario released um, its reopening plan in three phases, and uh, just as it had done in April. When the science table, so Dr. Brown uh, spoke to reporters, outlined what the forecast looks like, basically what their advice to government was, 
Um, and then the Premier spoke a few hours later. In this case, unlike in April, uh, the Premier was listening to the science table and announced that there won't be measures until basically the mid-June. And the big question for so many people, uh, parents, is what is happening to schools. And on that front, I think, Mark, it was really interesting that the Premier basically said, uh, well, I'm going to wait until there is unanimity from the science table before I say if whether or not kids are going to go back to school this year. And it's re- obviously really hard to get unanimity, but it's almost like he's trying to share blame with the science table um, because we could find ourselves in a situation on like June 14th, for example, where the patios are open. You can go have a drink with four people or three other people, uh, but the kids are not in school yet. So um, I think uh, a lot of people are going to be scratching their heads and that is another reason, I think, why the premiers and the health officers want to, to show a roadmap for reopening because, you know, we are a federation. People are getting conflicting information. You know, well, why can't I do this if the, pre- the province next to me is doing why? Um, and the same measures don't apply here. So I think people are trying to over-communicate in some ways so that um, people have a little bit more clarity. At least yeah. they understand why the decisions are being made. Yeah, and so let's talk about what's happening in the places where it's going in a different direction. And and uh, and I know you know there someday there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on the various decisions that were made at different times and what the consequences of those decisions were. But uh, if we look a little closer at the places where they're having to clamp down a bit more, what's going on there that's different from Ontario and Quebec? Well, in Manitoba, which I think has the highest percentage of cases in all of North America, things are not looking up. And it was, uh, it seemed like a very discouraged Brian Pallister uh, who announced that, um, you know, there will basically not be a long weekend in Manitoba. I mean, it is interesting because, you know, when we talk about the different jurisdictions, you can actually go to a shop in Manitoba. Um, so businesses are. Uh, partially still open in a way that they're not in Ontario, for example. But, you know, you won't be able to, this weekend, um, meet a buddy on a golf course. But you will in Ontario. Um, So things are looking really bad uh, in Manitoba. They um, have decided to enact stricter measures over the weekend. Um, Premier Pallister said uh, this week that basically they've seen a rise in case counts after Thanksgiving. They've seen a rise in case counts after spring break. They've seen a rise in case counts after um, Easter. And they did not want to see rising case counts after the long weekend. And that was basically the reason why um, stricter tougher measures were being enacted just for the weekend to discourage people from basically breaking the rule. Yeah. All right, let's talk about travel. Um, there, there have been a couple of developments on that front. Uh, first of all, the transport minister, Omar Al-Gabra, says it's mm-hmm. too early to set a date on when we might start to ease travel restrictions, uh, decisions around hotel quarantines for air passengers coming into the country uh, are, are not ready to be made yet. And, and then as well, we've, we've got um, the federal government's thinking around the Canada-U.S. border. So um, as, as people are getting more optimistic, of course, st- and as summer arrives, they're starting to think about moving around and there isn't really any change just yet, right, in terms of the rules. 
Yeah, I think except for Quebec, you correct me if I'm wrong, there's like no reason to be optimistic so far about uh, travel plans. Um, so the the big news, I guess, uh, from Bill Blair, the public safety minister, the man in charge of the border, was that uh, the border with the United States um, will remain closed until at least June 21st for all non-essential travel. So if you're thinking of going uh, on a mini vacation or a long weekend in the month of June, the government is telling you, please don't do that. Um, the transport minister, Omar Al-Gabra, was speaking at a news conference on Thursday, and he said basically that the hotel quarantines, all the rules that exist in place at the moment um, are going to continue, uh, that there is he does not have a timeline, like much like the provinces are announcing reopening plans, the federal government does not have a timeline, would not even share the benchmarks upon which it is going to make a decision about when they will restrict um, travel restrictions. Uh, part of that, uh, you have to imagine, is based on the potential for new variants. Of course, there is the constant pressure from the premier of Ontario, who at every press conference does not miss the opportunity to say Ottawa's travel restrictions don't make sense, they're too lax, and they need to be tougher. Um, so it would seem a little offside uh, <laughs> with the Premier if the government was going to announce, the federal government here was going to announce loosening of restrictions. Then there's the whole question about um, vaccine passports, and um, the you know many countries are working together to create this common platform uh, where you basically like a vaccination passport. And so that hasn't been settled yet. Um, uh, there's more work to be done with the G7, which is uh, next month, uh, on that question. So perhaps uh, in mid-June, uh, we will have uh, better clarity on what's going on. The government says it's going to abide by the science, but won't tell us what uh, those uh, scientific benchmarks are. All right. We will see where the next week takes us. Um, I think there is hope and optimism, uh, and you've heard it in the voices of some people, that perhaps in the places where we're emerging uh, from lockdown, that this might be, with the number of vaccinations that are happening, uh, the last time we'll have to be quite this restricted. But we'll see. Things can still change. Althea, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Mark. Have a wonderful weekend. That's CBC at issue panelist Althea Raj. Our ICUs were overflowing and hospitals were close to being overwhelmed. Our healthcare system was at a breaking point. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Observer, Max Fawcett asks if Doug Ford will pay for Ontario's deadly decisions. Fawcett writes, when presented with a choice between saving lives and opening businesses, the Ford government made the wrong one. Even when it was clear paid sick leave would help the essential workers and vulnerable communities being hardest hit by COVID, they repeatedly stalled. The only question that's left for Ontarians is one they may not want to ask. How many dead people will it take for this premier to resign? In the National Post, Randall Denley considers Ontario's reopening plan. Denley writes, If you wanted to design a reopening plan that didn't do much actual reopening, it would look exactly like what Ontario Premier Doug Ford and his skilled team of advisors deposited on long-suffering Ontarians on Thursday. It describes an epic journey that doesn't even begin in any significant way until June 14th. At a minimum, it will take an additional 42 days to reach stage three of Ford's plan, which is still not a full reopening. People have sailed around the world 
in less time. In the Toronto Star, Thomas Wacom argues, we're not out of the woods yet. Wacom writes, things are looking up on the pandemic front. The average number of new daily cases is going down, and experts agree that Canada is well positioned to achieve its vaccination goals. But vaccination is not a magic bullet. Still needed are public health measures designed to prevent the spread of the disease. We may need more lockdowns. This is not a popular position. Far more popular is the notion that vaccines will allow Canadians to return painlessly to our old ways. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Commons Health Committee is continuing its Friday sittings today, and we'll hear from key witnesses on the pandemic front. CPAC's Martin Stringer has more on that. Mark, MPs on the committee will get their chance, as they do now most Fridays, to question key witnesses with central roles in the federal COVID-19 response. The President and Vice President of the Canada Border Services Agency are appearing before the committee. We can expect them to be grilled on what the Ontario Premier and other critics have now started calling the weak and porous border control measures. Deputy ministers from both Public Works and Health Canada will also appear. They may face questions on the quarantine hotels and maybe on the confusion this week between Canadian and American authorities over whether Canadians can or should be allowed to cross the Canada-U.S. border to get vaccinated in the U.S. The Executive Secretary of the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, or NACI, will also be before the committee. He will no doubt be grilled on a number of issues, including mixing and matching vaccines and when a second dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine will be cleared for use. And Dr. Teresa Tam and Ian Stewart of the Public Health Agency of Canada will round out the committee's witnesses list. Mark, in these pandemic times, the Friday sittings of the Commons Health Committee are proving to be productive and informative and full of important questions. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will deliver remarks during the Global Health Summit, co-hosted by the European Union and Italy. The Prime Minister will also speak with the Premier of Manitoba, Brian Pallister, and the Mayor of Winnipeg, Brian Bowman, before participating in a virtual meeting with the Professor Mohan Singh Memorial Foundation, to mark the 107th anniversary of the Komagata Maru incident. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will have meetings with British Columbia's Minister of Public Safety and the Mayor of Burnaby. Minister of Families Ahmed Hussein will attend a virtual infrastructure event in Toronto. And Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibot will announce financial assistance to support an agri-food business in the Centre du Québec region. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, May 21st. Tune into Primetime Politics Weekend on CPAC for coverage of all the week's events. Our podcast returns on Tuesday morning. Have a great weekend.